In this episode, we're going to cover a couple of things involving recommendations. I've mentioned this in the past, but many times I get asked about recommendations for training or podcasts I listen to back around Thanksgiving, Christmas last year. I did some recommendations. Some people enjoyed giving me feedback on. I'm going to give you a few of those. The other thing I'm going to do is in the same lines as that, I often get asked about specific companies and we have a request to give my thoughts on a company that lists itself as a global private intelligence company and risk assessment company. And instead of doing a video on it, because I'll put the links in for all this stuff in the show notes, I'm going to walk through the site and tell you the stuff I see and what I think about it, both pro and con. So a good list of recommendations. We're going to talk about private intelligence companies, their websites, which ones are good or bad. We're going to look at a few podcasts and YouTube channels and subjects you guys often ask me about, and maybe we can steer you those directions. That's what we're going to talk about right here on Gray Man, Hiding in Plain Sight. First, I want to tell you, for those that are interested in a podcast I talked about for that upcoming DOD and intelligence brief on ATIP and Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon, I talked to David for a couple of hours today about all kinds of stuff, and I totally forgot to bring it up. I don't think he'd be prepared to do it like within a week anyway, just due to his schedule. But when I talk to him, what I'm going to try to do is see if that's something we can approach on YouTube. If I can do it with him on YouTube, I won't do the podcast on here. I'll steer you to that channel because we will talk about all the things I was going to talk about anyway and what to expect and why, kind of as an intro into going further into what things may or may not be for whatever purpose, like I've talked about before. So I have the stuff prepared to do a podcast. I just, there's enough people to watch both. I don't want to like, you know, reinvent the wheel. And I don't want people on, you know, one to miss out on the other. So we'll see where that goes to start with. Now, another thing too is when I went through and looked for all this stuff, unfortunately, I still am not going to be able to mesmerize you with recommendations for classes or training anywhere that sounds like any type of espionage subject, mainly because there's not a lot out there. The few that are probably newer or smaller, or I just haven't found them yet, and I kind of scrutinize them. I haven't meant to any of those that I know of. What I'm looking for is ones or who the people are, what they're going to tell you about, where they came from, what their training was that would suggest to me, especially that it's worthwhile for you to pay the money. I have looked up a lot of things on like body language detecting deception. Most of them fall in a couple categories. One is a few basic tidbits I've covered anyway, focused mainly on negotiating and interviewing for a job. Not that that's not good information, but I'm trying to find something new for the guys who really want to do it. I've found ones that are more or less a few videos and discussions or websites supporting books people have written. And unfortunately, the ones I found, most of them, with the exception of that one on lie spotting I sent you guys to some months ago, is uh, mainly geared towards books I would never recommend. And so, and I try not, it'd be very easy for me to tell you all the bad things that are out there. I could do a lot of podcasts on them instead of trashing on people. I'm trying to find ones that would be good. Now, there's one exception to that, and that is a course called LSI Scan, Laboratory for Scientific Interrogation. It's based out of Arizona. I'm not sure how often they travel. Now, I just want to warn you, when you click on the link, it's going to look like a hokey website. It looks so old enough from the early 90s, you might think it's a scam, but it's not. It's just they use like a textured background. 
I have done this training and I would have endorsed it anyway. So this was developed by an Israeli dude who uh, some people think was Mossad. I think he was IDF. He's highly educated. He's worked with police investigations, did so in Israel and has done so here and has developed his own kind of science where he just took a lot of investigative techniques and things dealing with detecting deception and develop new ways to do it. What's cool about this course is when you read kind of the intros, it's biggest selling point, but it's not its only thing, is it's a simple idea of how you take somebody, sit them down, you give them a pen and a piece of paper, and how you say to them what you want. And it's usually something very simple. I want you to write down everything you did from the time you woke up till now. As an example, this is what he would do in training. And then looking at how people wrote it and what you do or don't know about their backgrounds, and not only finding deception, you can occasionally find things that aren't even alluded to in there if you're that skilled at it. It's very amazing stuff. There's all kinds of things on the website you can look at or reviews on other websites where they do case studies or talk about famous things like ones I've talked about, like uh, the impeachment of President Clinton, or they talk about interviews with famous people like Magic Johnson, John Benet Ramsey. They do some of those as case studies but they also work with the students and you go through this process. Now, I don't know what it costs now. I didn't look that up. I can tell you that when I went through it a while ago, it was, I think, $1,000 or $1,500 to go through the class for a week. If you want to be a certified instructor, you basically double the price, double the time. If you're really into this stuff, it's, it's totally worth the money. If you're somebody that does investigations, We'll be talking and interviewing people, especially if it's going to be in situations where they're going to write things down to tell you this is invaluable information. You'll learn enough, though, about the way people talk and phrase things for detecting deception that even if you aren't in situations where you're going to be able to have them sit down and write things, but you can interview them and talk to them and work with your detecting deception skills, it's amazing stuff. So I definitely would check that out. I often get asked about places to receive any types of military tactical training, not just weapons training, which there aren't too many places out there that really do that. Now, there's a lot of YouTube channels, and a lot of those channels are by guys that actually have their own companies that do weapons training. I didn't pick any of those, and I'm not giving you any of those, only because there's a couple out there that I like for very good reasons, but it's hard to find the specific videos because they cover such a wide range of topics. There's stuff out there, but if you really want that, the best thing to do would be to find one of these companies with well-known dudes, especially military dudes that teach weapon safety and more advanced carbine rifle pistol skills that may have either advanced into military tactics or despite how fun it may be for some people, what most people typically looking for urban based or for their home and their property, their businesses, I would look for guys that also teach law enforcement and tend to have classes in that area and so that being said, the only one I know for sure does it is Paul Howe. He's a former tier one dude out of Nacogdoches, Texas. He teaches civilian courses and he also teaches law enforcement. Some of his courses are law enforcement only, but a lot of the law enforcement only courses have a similar civilian course and they don't just do weapons. They also do some things that you would call tactics. At least they used to. I haven't looked at his site in a couple of years that have to do with things like in your home and that kind of an urban environment. It's worthwhile training. It's uh, not cheap, but it's totally worth your money. He's one of the best instructors in this country for that stuff. And he has a good following and a good business for a reason. He's not the only guy out there, but for that specific area, that's definitely the first guy I would look at. Now, I have been asked, and especially 
when it came with the prepping stuff or even when I did a prepping podcast, I get asked about survival courses. When I talk to people or when they describe it, they're really looking for like legit survival courses, survival skills, primitive skills, bushcrafting, stuff like that. Whatever your reason is for it, most of those courses, wherever you go, you're going to pay for them. They're not cheap. A lot of the ones that cheaper aren't that great or guys take a really long time to try to get you to teach you to do something because they're not really good instructors. That should take them a couple hours. It might take all day. Or it's the exact opposite. I've seen ones I was, me and Luke were critiquing a few, a few months ago, just scrolling through the internet or finding courses where guys were covering all these subjects in two hours. We just couldn't even understand how you could competently even give like a, a PowerPoint briefing on all those subjects in two hours, let alone perform the tasks. So when it comes to survival stuff, there are several companies. There's only a few longstanding companies that have a great reputation, have great stuff. And me or people I know have taken uh, training there. So there's three that I would recommend. Two are fairly old and fairly well-known. One, of course, is Cody Lundin's Aboriginal School in Arizona. Not cheap, especially if you're doing a multi-day course. But so much knowledge you get out of that training. You can look up the Aboriginal Living School or Cody Lundin and you'll find stuff on that. Even his books are great. The other one is the Pathfinder School, whose the dude's name skips, skips me right now. I can't think of who it is. He was on Dual Survivor with Cody Lundin in the beginning. He's got books and his schools are very well known and they teach him really solid stuff. The next one is a guy who's a former Green Beret who came from the Pathfinder School. He was working there for a while and it's called the Gray Bearded Green Beret. He teaches courses all over the country. He has a great website. He's really like ramped up his production value of his training videos and products that he has. He's a really great instructor. What's cool about the guy is he's very patient. He's not an arrogant, over-the-top guy. He's not in your face. He is a teacher, a coach, a mentor, all at the same time. The thing is, even if you're not going to pay to take his courses, if you just follow the gray-bearded Green Beret, which is listed as GB2 Survival for a handle on some social media, whether you follow him on Twitter, Facebook, or just watch his YouTube stuff, simple, makes it easy, great advice. And it's totally worthwhile just having that stuff for free. Is that the only thing out there? Absolutely not. Are there other good courses? Absolutely. But those are three of the best sets of schools that you can get that also cover a wide geographic area in this country. And they're in the same price range as a lot of other schools. There's smaller schools out there that are good. There's a lot of big expensive schools that kind of suck. But those three have their reputations for a reason. So for you guys looking for that, that you definitely want to check that out. The last one I want to mention is only because I did a podcast a while back. You remember in the beginning of it, somebody was a college student, was looking at joining the Army Reserves and wanted some information. So I, I talked on the reserves and the guards comparing it to active duty. I have gotten other questions like that and some common questions, of course, I get. And this is, this is very common for people joining the military. Is A lot of people, when they join the military, do have aspirations to get on the higher, cooler side of whatever field they're getting into. So... People joining the military, they're going to work in combat arms or something along those lines, typically look at the special operations community. And having worked with those guys and done missions, I know some stuff about it, but I always try to steer people towards those guys. Well, what's interesting about that is there's a YouTube channel that hasn't even been around a year. I think he's only been doing videos for eight months, probably has about 100 videos. They're pretty solid. They're As far as production goes, they get better every time. 
I imagine the pandemic had something to do with it. And it's also growing pretty fast with followers. I mean, he's up to 60 or 70,000 followers. And most of those came in like the last five months. But it's called FNG Survival. FNG is a military phrase for fucking new guy. And he's a former Green Beret. The vast majority, all he talks about is special operations. He does talk about stuff like military transition, but he talks about special forces, what it's like being on a team. He talks about the different jobs, different ways you get promoted, difference between officer and enlisted, types of missions, types of training. It should be, in my opinion, I think it should be a template for the U.S. Army to use as training videos for people that are looking to get into that community. They would never do it. But that's where they should steer people to get answers to questions that they're not going to get. The other thing, too, is even if you're not looking at doing that, but you're into that kind of stuff, you like the books, you're like maybe just like listening to the guys that do their shows that talk about that kind of stuff, I would go there and check it out. It's uh, really good stuff, good information, and you're solid on it. And it's actually the reason I thought about doing this finally because I have it written down like, should I do a recommendation every show? Should I do a whole show? It's because he recently did one on The Gray Man. And I got steered to it. Somebody was kind of confused about what he said. So I watched it. And like in the beginning, he sounds dismissive of it, but he's like, I don't understand what it is. I, I don't know what it is. And like, I get that. And then he, but he goes right into saying like on a special forces team, you don't want to be a gray man, which is absolutely correct. You definitely don't. And all he really describes it as is like flying under the radar. And that's a very simple way of putting it. You know, but he's like, I don't know what it is, but it was a good video. He was just saying like in that community and what his channel is about, you don't want to do that which you definitely don't. But that reminded me, you know, that I should probably do this. Now, lastly, I'll cover a couple of things. Most of those guys have YouTube channels. Um, I'm going to cover some podcasts that are also kind of YouTube based. Some are that you might be interested in. I, I skip in some of these because I'd mentioned them before, but some things I listen to that you may or may not be interested in. One is from a, College in Texas, it might be Texas A&M. I'm not sure which one it is, but it's called 15-Minute History. The podcasts are supposed to be 15 minutes long. They get a couple or 20, but they're usually around 10 or 15 minutes. And they bring on, like, doctoral candidate students, professors, you know, researchers, anthropologists, smart guys, and they discuss a piece of history at some point and talk about what is or isn't right in history. And it's real fun. It's interesting stuff. They actually cover a lot of information in 15 minutes. It's just one of those podcasts I found when I was driving across country a couple of years. I'm like, man, I got a couple thousand miles to go. I better find some more podcasts. And they got quite a few on there and I listened to them. I think I've listened all but the last one. Another one, and this kind of goes on the urban survival side, but there's a, so there's a podcast it's yellow with a skull and crossbones, but it's a bunny skull and crossbones. It's called In the Rabbit Hole, Urban Survival. Here's the thing. They haven't done a podcast in two years. He quit doing them. All the stuff with his family, he told everybody. He's got exactly 300 episodes. I think it'll go down in history as being one of the best survival shows that was ever on podcasting. It doesn't matter that he quit doing them two years ago. I have listened to that multiple times, especially when driving. I re-listened to multiple episodes. He talks about all kinds of different stuff. He interviews people. He's a really smart dude. The show's put together really well. It's really informative. And the stuff on there, the stuff I really know about, like he does his research or has good people on there because they know what they're talking about. So definitely for those of you in that world, you might like it. Another one, a good podcast is called Survival Medicine. That one is by the same people that have the Doom and Bloom website, a doctor and a nurse. They also have the Survival Medical Handbook. So it's all kinds of medicine things from homeopathic to surgery 
based a lot around survival and prepping. So some of it they talk about, you know, being in austere environments or whatever. But they do a lot of things a lot of people don't do. Like one of the things they do in their book I always tell people about is people always talk about antibiotics and how hard it can be to get them. So they want to use like antibiotics from a pet store for fish. Well, in their book, and they've done podcasts on it, they talk about them. Like they don't all work. They've tested them. They explain how they tested them. And they say like, if you're going to buy them, here's the ones you want. Here's the ones you don't. So they get really specific on stuff. So if you're into medical anything, it doesn't matter if, you're prepping or not prepping, you just want to learn more, I would definitely check them out or go to the Doom and Blue website or get the Survival Medical Handbook because that's a great book with a lot of great information. Now, I got a lot I listen to on different subjects I don't think you'd care about. The last one I can mention is from the Center for Strategic and International Studies, CSIS, and the podcast is called China Power. They put them out probably monthly, sometimes more than once a month. They've been going on for a while. It's uh, about 100 episodes, I think. It's all China-based stuff. So to give you an idea, I'll read you a couple of titles. Implication of China's Conventional Missile Arsenal, a conversation with Ankeek Panda, uh, China's Belt Road Initiative, the Myanmar coup, the small and medium-sized world power's response to China's rise, controlling advanced technology, exports, international development, Let's see what else we got. Some debates. Uh, there's some COVID ones and some older COVID ones, like right before COVID started or in the middle of it, how to respond to the humanitarian crisis. Uh, the 2020 DOD report on Chinese military power. It's really good information. A lot of wide, wide range of subjects for China. And a lot of people ask about that. And I talk about China on here sometimes. I, I got more stuff too. I'm actually going to do like a, a China thing over the next 30 years or something, something along those lines at some point. But I thought that might interest some of you that are more onto that side of things. So to get into meat and potatoes. So what happened was, so Ross here on Facebook sent me a message. He said, I'm not sure your take on this. Maybe you could make it into a podcast episode or talk about it here. I'm wondering what your take is on the crisis 24 site. I used to travel a lot, and the site seemed to come in handy a couple of times. You can receive text updates about things like protests, general disorder, terrorism, airstrikes, and many other things. Maybe you could give it a look and let me know if it's a decent resource or not. So I'm going to tell you what I think about that website. One thing I want to point out is I went on there. I even signed up for it to see if I would get more access to stuff, and you kind of don't. So that was disappointing. I did not find an area... Like, I don't think I looked at 100% of the website. I think I looked at 95%. So unless something's changed or you can steer me in the right area, I didn't find a spot that was like, hey, sign up for these text alerts or whatever. And I would have been interested in that because also to see, like, do they have settings for it or how it's set up. So I didn't see that. That's what really kind of draw it to, to it. I'll have the link down in the show notes, but they're a global risk management company. And when they look at... Uh, top of it in their toolbar it's solutions and expertise insights and intelligence information on their experts and then about us and i i kind of just tooled around here for a while and clicked on different things and started to see things that had potential and things i didn't like i want to warn you some of this is going to sound critical it's not a bad source of information at all i will say overall though billing themselves as any form of an intelligence company 
is grossly misleading. Generally speaking, it looks like a commercial. I think they're trying to break into the business. So as a general overview, despite when you, whatever you read on there, when you start looking around, you'll find out there's they're heavily focused in two areas. One is risk management, and it's almost always focused on cybersecurity. And it looks like they're trying to really break into cybersecurity um, information technology, like they're not big experts on it. That's really what it looks like to me is the big thing. The other one, and the other one is it looks like is they're trying to build, and they're trying to do consulting with that too. And the other one is that they trying to kind of put themselves on as uh, some sort of intelligence asset, which they definitely are not. So when I went through this, a few things I found. One area, it shows like country reports and risk maps. So the risk map is like a lot of places. You can go through there and click on maps and they're supposed to tell you whatever about the area and they give you like a hotspot map. It's nothing really any different like with a COVID map than the ones that are already out there. The country reports break down in like three different things you can look at. You can look at maps. You can go to spots and just look and read about the country. So that information's good. It gives you kind of this historical overview of stuff going on the country, a little bit about crime. It hasn't been updated in a while because there's some areas where they cite like data from FBI or other places that I know is outdated. They have, then they have a little bit of stuff about climate and then they kind of go into travel restrictions and vaccination protocols. So while it's good information, the thing about that is it's no different than State Department web website. They might have some better stuff than State Department. Like they might have more information about vaccinations. I didn't compare them. But when I saw it, I thought these aren't really country reports. These are travel advisory informations. That's that's really all it is. So I, I didn't find that to be anything of benefit, at least to me. And one of the things they have in here you can find is what they call white papers. Those are the internal written documents that aren't necessarily public articles, usually information based. Problem is you can't read any of them. When you go here, I signed up for an account, gave my information, you know, gave them all my fake name, fake email address or whatever. You see these white papers of which there's only like five, but if you try to open one every single time you have to fill in first and last name, business name, company name, job title. I think it's a way to try to make contacts to get business. But what concerns me is that there was only five white papers, you know, like why aren't there some that free? Is there only five? I mean, is that all you've done? Uh, usually we'll find more than that on other companies. A lot of the stuff they go into, like if you click on training or almost any subject, I mean, the website's pretty standard on how it looks. They usually have one to two paragraphs. It sounds good, but it's very vague on what they're offering. It doesn't give any specifics, any examples. They don't cite any companies or anything they've done. And then underneath every description you read anywhere, it always says case study, and it's just one. And most of them are the same because there ain't a lot of case studies. And then when you click on the case studies, it'll have something, but it's not really the case study. Like this one here says learning to confront an assailant, but they don't have a case study on it. All it says is this could possibly happen. Here's our mission. And their mission statement of two sentences is completely vague and usually unrelated to that. And then our, they say our solutions, and they're just pitching the idea that they can provide whatever, but they're not. It's very vague. So a lot of this is geared towards trying to get business and companies to sign up to provide their services. They're extremely vague on their services. So it's not most of it's not geared 
for the common user. And then under their intelligence section, it says risk alerts, country reports, and risk maps. All those are three different ways to read the same thing. And most of them are Jeff travel alerts. They're not really intelligence alerts. They have a webinars and podcast video section, like the white papers. You have to down, you have to give them all your information just to see one. I didn't even do it just to see what the product would be. I was so disappointed in everything else I saw in here. When it comes to like knowledge or Intel value, I felt no reason to look at it. I figured it's going to be more of the same or it's going to be geared towards being a big commercial trying to get business, which I don't blame him for doing them, doing that. The only thing I couldn't find, though, is that area you found that said, hey, we do these you know, phone reports on things that have happened. They do have a section for articles that they've written, but also um, they title them as something like intelligence analysis is what they call it, and then they give the title to what it is. Now, those are a little more lengthy. The problem is, honestly, I, I considered doing a uh, plagiarism check on these for two reasons. Number one, there's a whole bunch of stuff in the areas they've written and advertised things that I described that are vague that have very common grammatical errors, like two words together that needed a space that would not be mistaken for anything else. They also have those in their job listings if you want to apply for a job. There's a lot of stuff like that. And then these are just way too perfect. And the language they use is written so much better than the rest of the website. The other thing is the dates on a lot of these by the time they're putting out is after so many other companies or even news agencies have put out information. And it looks like they just took a lot of their information and created it to themselves, just recreated it with the same info. But it's nothing too detailed or revealing. Like this one on Gaza really... It looks like it has good information, but it's not as informative as anything else you can find out there. So I found that kind of disappointing. I think for a lot of people, it would be, it would be okay. But for me, it doesn't, doesn't provide me anything. On their section of their experts, this is what really got me because these guys are all over the world. They have offices in several countries. I think they probably do have all these locations, but I bet they don't have a lot of employees. What was interesting to me was reading their resumes. Now, there's people from foreign countries, You know, a couple guys from foreign militaries, doing some of their like uh, executive protection stuff, but they're just providing training. They're not providing the service. But I went through and clicked on a few of these and I showed this to David. He looked at a few of them too, but like a lot of these mentioned, cause I got drawn to it because of the whole intelligence, this intelligence, that. So at the point I'm describing it to you, I was like, I want to see who these experts are. So on one hand, I was shocked at how many people they listed in here. And then I thought, you know what? I bet these are all of their employees. I bet this is everybody around the world working for them. Because I was pretty sure there was probably 25 to 50 employees. The other thing is their resumes are vague. Some They'll go a little farther sometimes of saying what their college education is, but their real-world experience will be vague. Some of these guys only have like two or three sentences. And when I clicked on ones that have intelligence titles, almost all of them are intelligence analysts, or the job is intelligence analysts, they have nothing in there related to intelligence whatsoever. So then I thought, well, that's weird. So then I went to the About Us where they have career listings. And this is where I figured it out. This is what really brought into question this company and why I would definitely never hire them. They have a few job listings in there, and some of them are for intelligence positions. Here's a crazy thing. They have two current intelligence positions. One's a level three, one's a level one. One's a level three. The level three one's a higher requirement. It actually has less of an intelligence requirement. Crazy thing, too, is... To give you an example, they want a bachelor's degree or possibly a master's degree. I totally get that. But then they want one to three years experience in intelligence production. 
Intelligence production is a generic term. It's not like a real thing. Anybody in the military that worked in an intelligence job for three years and got out of the military could say they did intelligence production. They would not be wrong. They're, they didn't ask for specific job titles. The other thing, too, is it says intelligence production, comma, enlist off four or five fields. As long as you have one to three years in any of these, including things like research, that's all it says research, or journalism, or emergency management. And the jobs, and the thing is, the job title for that was to sit in San Francisco to do open source research to find anything you can find to write something up on that has to do with um, some sort of threat in the world. What that told me, basically, everything I saw was, I don't really know what they're offering companies. If you look at all the cyber stuff, I think what they're doing is trying to break in the IT field with cybersecurity, and that's really the bread and butter of the risk management position. The few companies they list on or they work with are all insurance companies, like health insurance companies, except for one may not be, because I didn't look that one up. All their intelligence stuff is definitely not intelligence. They do have travel advisory stuff on there that's on par with the State Department. The people's experience don't match their jobs, especially for what they're doing. I have no idea what they get paid, but I can tell you right now, an intelligence analyst job in a company that advertises itself like this, I should not be qualified for because I was not an analyst. I know how to do a lot of this stuff and I can do human analysis, but I should not meet the requirements for what most of the jobs actually require. And I'm overqualified for pretty much every job they have. I mean, they have guys listed as intelligence analysts, vice presidents, regional directors over like the Middle East and Africa and reading the resume. I'm like, how did this guy get that job? It almost seems like they're just picking up people that couldn't get jobs anywhere else. I don't know what they're getting paid. You know, I, I have no idea how that stuff works. So it's not a source I will be using, number one. I would never recommend it to a company to use. I think there's better options out there. Travel advisory stuff's good information, but like State Department, it's not usually informative enough, with exception of any current event requirement, which right now would be inoculations and quarantine. Other than that, it's pretty much the same. Don't know what's on their white papers, don't really care. The articles, I'm, I think they should be ashamed of. They're informative, but by the time they're written, how they're written compared to the stuff they actually authored, it does look like it's plagiarized. But it's the phone call thing that you were getting. I Maybe they don't have that anymore. Maybe it's something different. I'm not sure. That's what I'd be interested in seeing. They do have another section on there where they talk about basically threats. I went through those. All they're doing is pulling news reports and putting it on their website. They're just copying and pasting. That's literally what they did. So like a company like this, the way it's selling itself, it's a global leader in intelligence and risk analysis. Like here's the threats they put up. There was a suspicious package in the baggage area of a small, worthless airport in some bullshit country. There's stuff like that on there. You know, there wasn't anything big. I think when they finally put stuff on there about Gaza and Hamas, it was like five or six days into it. So they're like way behind. You know, they're not current. They're not relevant. So it was kind of a disappointment to me. That being said, comparing it to a real intelligence company, which are several, one is like Strat4, which I've talked about before. Strat4 was started by George Freeman. I'm a member, but I'm going to tell you why you shouldn't be. I'm a member of George Freeman, smart guy, wrote a lot of books. Look up George Freeman's books are great. Really smart dude, hires a lot of smart people. A lot of the set reps I put on the Intel page, I take from there or edit them, or I get information and build my own. And they have a lot of good info on there. Also, you should look up their podcast. It's called Strat4 or Rain Strat4, R-A-N-E. 
Uh, they do short podcasts of five, 10 minutes where they talk to an expert who kind of gives you a little bit of general background of something going on in the world that helps you understand it better and gives you a lot of ways to go look at your own information. They're not long. They're just short and informative. Here's the thing, though. He sold the company about a year ago to the Rain Corporation, and they took it over. So far, they've maintained everything about the same. They usually do quarterly and semi-annual briefs on certain areas and regions in the world. They're getting a little behind of that and not getting them out on time. I was a little disappointed with that. It tells me there was a big turnover in employees. But what really got me was the sit reps that I get emailed to me every day have been changing. I noticed a few months ago they were starting to change. It's at the point now where the way in which they're written, I can almost tell you which ones were written by different authors. And that was concerning to me because when you can start identifying writing styles and something that should be an intelligence report, you're going to start seeing other things. Take a wild guess what the other thing is I saw. They are starting to write not intelligence reports, but basically political opinion pieces. They are providing some background information, but the why it matters, the bread and butter of those imports are now starting to sound a lot like pro one political party, anti the other political party, and it's growing and becoming more common. This is why I'm not renewing my script subscription when it comes up. The other thing too is it's like 150 or $200 a year. For the average person, totally not worth it for the amount of content. For the people that are using it as a resource like I do or know how to dive deeper into it or how to take and cross-reference that information, what to use it for, you know, when it's like your job, that's one thing. But for the average person, I would not recommend going. I, even if it was still solid, I wouldn't recommend going there. I just don't. Like... David likes her stuff. I just screen it because I got a subscription. I just forward him or copy and paste and send it to him so he doesn't have to pay for it. Plus, he has my login so he can go look at it whenever he wants. You know, that's typically what I do, but I'm not going to renew it anymore. There's other companies out there. I can't think of ones on the top of my head. Most of them, to have information like this, have a subscription. The subscription fees are typically not high. Some that are free that have just as good information rarely do any stuff. And, uh, so I don't ever point those out. So I only do one subscription at a time just because the fees are so high. I mean, I imagine overall and all the podcasting and YouTube, if I put more money into it and I started pulling in a few hundred dollars a month, I'd probably put that into subscriptions. Other companies get more info is probably what I'd do, but I don't do it. So there you have it. One of the things I'm looking at is some people like the video I did where I just had my iPad out talking about encoding or whatever. And I like screwed up the one-time pad that I, only used once in training, but showing you different ways to encode messages. I'm actually looking at doing something else like that on surveillance. I was looking at some material and stuff and trying to figure out how to explain it. And I was like, I need visuals for this, so I can't really do a podcast. So I'm going to rec recreate, I think, a similar setup on my iPad to do training on a screen where I'm going to show you multiple ways people do surveillance and track vehicles, uh, whether in motion or not, and also look at things you can do for basic surveillance detection routes, basic ways to see if you're followed, things you can do to figure out, you know, how it's going to work. So all you got to do is get that stuff and set up multiple pages on there and make sure I have it ready to go. But I think that'll be one of my upcoming videos probably in the next month. I'm just going to get that set up. So you can look forward to that where I'll be using, at a minimum, I'll draw a road on there, but I'll probably get a picture of a roadway. So there's some graphics and then show you where vehicles will be and how they do it. You know, whether it's standard way law enforcement, FBI, federal agents do it, different ways you can do it, how to do it with one, two or three vehicles, stationary and mobile, you know, you know how it works with like stair stepping and multiple turns and 
different ways to do U-turns and stuff for SDRs. Just like things that some of the things I've mentioned over the years, some I haven't, just kind of put them all together in one. I think it'd be helpful. I, idea came to me recently just because of all the surveillance questions I've been getting asked by all you guys out there that are doing like things like private investigation and are really interested in this. So you can definitely look forward to that. So that being said, don't forget to check the show notes out. I'm going to put all the links in there for everything I've talked about tonight for these different podcasts and YouTube channels. If I can't get a link to the podcast, I'm just going to put the name in there. On I'll have them sectioned as YouTube channels or podcast links or whatever, as well as this Crisis 24 site if you want to check it out. I mean, basically, Siskel and Ebert review, I give it two thumbs down. That's just me. I'm not saying you won't find useful information there, but I don't think you have to try hard to find useful information in other places. That's just my opinion. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back here shortly for more information right here on Gray Man, Hiding in Plain Sight.